both sides fancy. All right, so episode three. Uh, welcome to episode three of the Cine Paris official podcast without equal. Uh, we're short one today. Uh, Chris Perry is out saving a fake universe. So right now you have myself, Rob McQueen, and co-host here today and co-founder of, of uh, Cine Paris, Steve Cargill. So Steve, today we're going to talk about testing mm -hmm. yourself. Uh, I really like I really like this little piece of the blog uh, from this week. So why don't you dive into to that, what you kind of wrote, and then we'll just take the conversation from there. Yeah, so um, you don't know what you're capable of achieving if you don't test yourself. If things are easy and you just stick with the status quo, you'll never know what the realm of the possible is for you. So uh, for me personally, I've sought to always test myself, and, and that was uh, a mentality that I was able to really cultivate uh, during my time in the ROTC back in college, having a great group of people around me to, you know, emulate who inspired me and likewise I ins uh, in, in turn inspired them. And so, you know, the, <clears throat> that atmosphere is, is definitely something to help get to that point, but, you know, to test yourself, I think it's absolutely necessary, especially if you want to become a professional at something, because professionals are at the top of their craft. And how do you get to that point if you don't push the limits and testing forces that sort of dynamic? You know, and I think I think a key part to that and what I've always liked when I looked at it is you, you have a thousand different quotes kind of on test yourself. You have a thousand different quotes on your comfort zone. Right. And it. And I think it comes back to that thought process of if you're comfortable, you're dying. Like I always go back to the yeah. thing, like if, if you're a high performer, if you are an achiever, if you're someone who's driven, you're a shark, right? Like you have to keep swimming. You have to keep hunting. You have to keep on that drive. And, and for human beings, I think once we get stuck into that comfort zone, once we stop pushing ourselves, once we stop testing ourselves, or if you never really do test yourself, because I think... I mean, obviously the examples that you've used and the things that you've been through on your career and the things that everyone in the military, the things I've been through, like is very different than the average day-to-day -day person. But I mean, I think the ability to test yourself exists across the board. It can be everything from, I mean, like, what's the, uh, what's the club Toastmasters, right? You know, yeah. go to that, like where it's, Hey, I, I don't speak in public. I'm going to put myself outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to push myself here. I think that's why we've seen such a huge increase in success in, um, to go more towards the physical side of things, Spartan races and the bone frog challenge, go rock, all of these other things that are ways for people to push themselves harder test themselves against a challenge, even though they're really only competing against themselves in a lot of races. I mean, not with like the, the large obstacle courses, but so go ruck very often. Like you're just pushing, you're just competing against yourself to complete it. And that's still a way to test yourself. It's a way to push yourself. And the confidence that comes from that and the growth that comes from that and the growth that only happens when you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone mm -hmm. is really what I took away from this first piece. And, and a lot of people, I think, one either don't understand that, or I think in human nature, once you're comfortable, you just, everyone kind of slides into it. Like people pursue a comfortable life. I, I think our, our current society is so based in comfort. It's like, oh, I don't have to leave my house to get groceries. I don't have to leave my house to make friends. Uh, I don't have to put myself out there. If I don't like what somebody says, I can just block it. Um, yeah, people don't like the challenge anymore. Exactly. 
Well, and I think that's a there's there's two sides to this because I think you have a group of people uh, in society that crave that challenge, that crave that growth. Uh, and in in the past two years, where society's been just rapidly dividing itself um, because of everything that's going on in the world, you have two very different paths, right? You have a path and a side that likes to continue to push forward, that sees opportunity, that continues to drive forward. And then on the other side of it, you have people that are like, I just want to be safe and comfortable. Like, leave me in my little box. And it's 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 a dynamic that I think is really separating people uh, across the board. And I think it's a dynamic when we kind of roll this back towards leadership. Um, I think it's a dynamic that's going to really separate who leads and who does not mm -hmm. uh, in the near future. Yeah, well, I think it's a you know interesting dynamic there that you mentioned that there's this there's two halves one that push the challenge themselves and the others that you know try to you know live that easy lifestyle and just want to to have everything be comfortable. I would argue that if you are in you know the latter that you will eventually atrophy to the point where things become hard for you anyway, and that you should and that. At that point, you gain a certain perspective, and but maybe it's too late. You gain that understanding, but then then you no longer have the ability to really push yourself, or you don't have the capability to actually do what it is to to break out of that mold, and it, it's too late. So I, I think either way, you eventually find the perspective to for the need to challenge yourself. It's just a matter of which one is more successful, and I think it's the one where you know you surround yourself with you try to it, it's good when you surround yourself with people who who help you provide that perspective early on because then you'll you'll be on the right path to to challenging yourself improving getting outside of the comfort zone and developing in that that sweet spot there but um yeah i do i i agree wholeheartedly with that and i think what you said there i mean there's there's that classic, I think it was a Churchill quote, the, uh, the old hard men quote, right? Mm -hmm. And where it's like, you know, hard men bring easy times, easy times bring weak men, weak men bring hard times, and the cycle continues. I, I honestly think you can look at your own personal life and take a look at the easy times and the hard times and look at what it turns you into and how that drive is. Because not everybody can get, you know, David Goggins it up at 3 a.m. when life is going great and I'm still out there at 3 a.m. I mean, I'm not, he is <laughs> out there at 3 a.m. running 15 miles and driving hard. That's a unique human being because I think the natural flow is to get into that comfort spot. I know we've all done it. I'm, I'm in it right now, like in that comfort spot where you find yourself taking a step back and finding an easy route. Uh, and then you start to look at like what you've become in that easy route. You're like, God damn it. This is not who I want to be. This is not the path that I want. And then it is so hard while things are still comfortable to get your ass out of bed, to mm -hmm. choose that route that's harder to look at it and be like, hey, everything's really good. How do I like, what do I need to do? Like, where do I find a way to take myself out of my comfort zone to push myself hard and test myself? to become better when things are easy. And that's the hardest time. It's if you're at the downward cycle of this where you don't have a choice, because if you give into that comfortable life, 99% of the time, life's going to get hard. And mm -hmm. it's whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, whatever it is, if you take that seat and you grab that box of Krispy Kremes as a metaphor for everything delicious and chewy and easy, 
um, that's really where it eventually it's going to catch up with you. And yeah, absolutely. Although so I, I, I think that, that you can, I, I think that you can go down that path of trying to make things easy, but stay uh, on the right path of continuing to challenge yourself. And I, I think I've gotten to that point a bit in my existence where uh, I've managed to to simplify things or make things easy enough so that uh, that way I can execute them quickly, more efficiently, et cetera. But then what I seek to do is now that that's easy, I try to take on more things to do, take on other challenges. And so that's that, that thing that I've simplified or that I've refined to a point that it's easier to do and I can do more efficiently, that's off to the side and almost automatic subconscious. And then I, I seek out other challenges. And so that's that's the sort of uh, rhythm that I've gotten into. And, and that's how I've you know been able to take on the endeavor with creating Cinepari with you and, and also being able to, to take on learning language and taking on uh, doing the army thing on the side as well and, and juggling family. And so I, I seek out those challenges and I, I always seek to be engaged in something, uh, always able to be proactive and get something positive out of what I'm doing and positive, something positive out of my time. Uh, because I think that when I'm idle, uh, I'm restless. And so I, I can't get into that comfort zone where I just want things to be easy and where things are just soft necessarily. Um, I need that challenge in order to uh, continue to improve, in order to be engaged with people, be engaged with things and, and develop new things and, and to challenge myself. I, I feel restless otherwise. And um, Steve, if we can jump, I want to jump in on that one because I think yeah. there's, there's a good piece in there because we're, we're really hammering down on test yourself. Um, and we're hammering down on, on, on the thought process of like, push yourself harder, push yourself harder, which we both done at times to a detriment in, in our lives and in our career. And I think you had a good part, like how do you balance? Cause you and I are in the same boat, right? We're juggling multiple new ventures. We're juggling the military and the reserve from the reserve aspect. Um, and then we're juggling family. And so I, I think this is where I think it's important to look at there's a difference between driving yourself to the point of being overly saturated. And, I, and I'm guilty of this at times, having way too many projects on my plate, you know, way too many plates in the air, so to speak, uh, and not being able to balance that lifestyle with your family and everything else that comes into it. So I think testing yourself and keeping you out of your comfort zone is really part of that great balancing act, right? So because so, I do want to keep that edge and I want to keep that engagement and it's a challenge every day to be a good father. I mean, that's a hard oh, yeah, thing to fail at it on a daily basis, especially like being a good father and a good husband or a good spouse, however you want to like, you know, whatever you're like, you know, a good wife, a good spouse, whatever that part is hard and it takes a lot of energy. But I think what we're trying to talk about and, and get to is that test yourself push yourself like find those things in a balance where you can still push yourself to have growth mm -hmm. but then find a balance where you're still focusing on the things that are important as well and creating a little bit of security but not entirely comfort because i find my i mean right. i've got three girls and i feel like they're spoiled as all hell <laughs> and so it's like how do i push them because they're they think life's easy oh yeah and so now now i'm at that point of like am i pushing myself too hard so i'm not engaged with them them am i engaged to a point you know, where the kiddos, right where i'm spoiling them and now their life is too easy and they're like my daughter's walking down i'm like today this is an example 
uh, I'm, she's not wearing socks with her boots. I was like, you have to wear socks with your boots. It's cold out. And two, you're going to ruin your boots, like stinky feet. She uh -huh. goes, well, just buy me new boots. And I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing yeah. something totally wrong. Like, -engage. She, she does not understand. And she's six. So, I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. But with my 13-year-old, my it's the same conversation. Like, you have to understand challenging growth. I don't know. I, I feel like I went on a bit of a tangent. And, and yeah, so I agree with you on, on most of those points, but I'll deviate from you uh, with word choice here. Instead of balance, uh, what I found is that I, I really can't balance things because when you're balancing things, you're trying to keep equal weight on all things at the same time, right? Well, if you're trying to do a bunch of things equally at the same time, you're going to wind up doing a bunch of things, you know, like crap, as opposed to doing one thing really well. So what I've, you know, turned to is, I can. Uh, I feel that I do a constant reprioritization of things so that I have good, intense concentration on one thing at any good at any given time to have, as a result, a good product uh, from whatever it is that I'm doing. And then once I'm complete with that, or once I'm done with whatever that time frame is with concentration, then I reprioritize and then I switch you know, burners, uh, so to speak. I put something else on the front burner. And did, did you, because I was going to say that, I don't know where you, if you got that, because I agree with you hundred percent. I think balance is the wrong term. Um, because, because, uh, Callan, a good friend of both of ours, Callan Riley, a uh, super talented man, uh, actually told me his analogy for it was you can only have so you can only have four burners in your life, right? Yeah. You've got your personal interest, you've got your career, you've got your family and you've got your, your own um, well-being, right? Like your, so you've got your hobbies, family, uh, career, and then your own personal health, like self-growth. And he's like, you can only, you only have so much gas. So you can either have yeah. them all simmering, like you said, like really low, but you have to learn when to turn, like turn that focus and attention and then understand that like, hey, turn that focus attention on to say work. So I'm going to focus on that really hard for like it gets eight hours of me today. And then I turn that off and I turn on family or I turn on growth. Like you have to adjust. And like you said, reprioritize, because if you're trying to do everything and I am the worst at this, like Tiff will give me the hardest time when I'll push myself down one and then I'll walk inside and I'm buried answering emails. I'm still doing something else. So at the same time, like I may not have been that effective during the day because maybe I'm checking, I'm walking in and, and talking to Tiff. Maybe I'm not entirely engaged. I'm probably buried in social media because I was checking mm -hmm. posts and then I took me down a goddamn rabbit hole. But the idea is like focus on one thing, give it everything you have and then adjust and balance, which is we've taken, a, I think, a little bit of a turn from where we started on this. But I think this is an incredibly important conversation, especially as a leader, because mm -hmm. if you cannot prioritize those things because you're now looking at those burners and instead of just the family, now you're looking at, hey, my job is this. So I have to perform at what I do. I have to have the self-growth. Now I have to manage my team as well. And so you're adding those smaller burners inside of these things that you have to deal with uh, to make sure that the team is running as a whole. And it just, yeah. it creates a whole nother piece. And if you're not good at prioritizing and managing your own energy, mm -hmm. to keep yourself moving forward at the right way, then, then you're going to, you're going to drop the ball. Well, we said also what I, yeah, also what I found that works hand in hand with uh, the constant reprioritization is you need to work on expectation management as well because you've got those other factors in life. You've got the family, you've got you know daughter, wife, etc. That want your attention, need your attention, and you owe it to them, and you need to make sure that they can expect it at a given time, and that you can meet them there, and everything will be great because 
you know, you, there's that expectation and you've managed everyone's needs in that way. So there's no one, there's, no one's left wondering. Um, and then also too, in terms of the constant reprioritization, I, I think that I've been able to refine that a bit uh, after having read Scott H. Young's uh, Ultra Learning. And so that book, Ultra Learning, I think what I got from it was um, quite a bit about learning things intensively and concentrating things, concentrating on things intensively uh, for a given period of time to really uh, internalize it, but also to um, uh, like ultra juggling, uh, more or less, like what we're talking about in terms of these prior reprioritizations. Uh, I've been able to manage multiple things at a given time so that I can concentrate on one, execute it well, and then move on to the next while also, you know, while having it all programmed in, I'm not dropping the ball on anything. I'm allotting a given amount of time to ensure completion, et cetera. So I uh, highly recommend that book if anybody has the opportunity to, to read it. Excellent. Let, let's let's kind of dial this back uh, and, and, and get back on track here before we, uh, we kind of close out today's little but whoa. so let's yeah let's, so we talked yeah. about personal testing right what about like that external testing yeah i think that's a that's a good part so i don't know go back through let's go back through your your career and let's let's <laughs> let's do it so what was like because there's always those moments right there's those moments where you step into a test and you're like i'm prepared or i'm not whatever it is but shit, here we are uh and it's time to go forward so but then we all have those moments on the backside where it's like okay that worked or it didn't work like those those failures and tests where you step back and i think those are incredibly important because they make you reassess right they make you reassess where it is so take let's let's go through yours let's pick your what's your best success in, in in a test that you had throughout your career uh and then what was your number one failure that you learned a ton from so i'll start off with the number one failure because that really um set the tone for me for the rest of my army career because it happened really really quick um i was you know in the rotc doing really well i was number one in my class etc i i thought i was hot shit, right uh then <clears throat> I, I, through my next challenge, Ranger School, I found out that I need to work at being a better team player. Uh, I couldn't just lead by example. I had to engage effectively, uh, even though I didn't like those around me. Uh, it was a, a group of individuals that all knew each other, and I was the, the odd man out there. It doesn't matter. You need to cooperate and graduate. You need to be able to effectively engage to keep your uh, proper focus on the mission. Uh, it's not about self and I had a realization. Uh, I went through Ranger School two times. I failed the first time because I got all the way through to Florida and peered the second time. And so even though I got my go in Florida, I had to go home. So uh, I went home and went to the 82nd and they told me, hey, you can either go down range and you probably won't ever get uh, you know, to be in charge of a platoon or you can go back to Ranger School. So I said, send me back to Ranger School. And so I went back and, and blew through because I, I learned my lesson that you need to effectively engage with others focus on the mission. And once all those things are taken care of, you will be taken care of. Uh, so that was a, a, a huge lesson early on that really is, is carried through the rest of my life. And I've been able to um, draw on that experience extensively uh, to, to reorient perspective when necessary so that I can, I can be successful in a given situation. But uh, and 
beyond that, <clears throat> I would say, yeah, getting through special forces uh, qualification course, uh, including I'll say uh, special forces uh, assessment and selection uh, was my, my, probably my greatest achievement. Earning my green beret is, is a, a huge uh, honor for me. And um, that really incorporated a lot of those lessons from my ranger school days because it's another similar dynamic. You're in the schoolhouse. You're working with teams of people. You're, you, you're confronted with challenges day in, day out. And you don't know what those challenges are going to be. And things are ambiguous. Uh, and so you and, and then all along the way, you've got those instructors who are evaluating you for that third person perspective, who are giving you that outside look and providing that feedback, which is invaluable because you can't know your own faults, all of them anyway. And it's great to have someone be able to provide you that feedback to say, hey, when you were in that situation, you didn't do this or you forgot that or perhaps consider this, because when you're in the moment, you're not going to be able to consider and process all these things. And then that way you're able to go back, reassess and re-engage and, and take on the challenge uh, in a new light. So that you'll be able to, to continue to improve. And all along the way, you're outside of your comfort zone. You're, you're pushing yourself to try new things, to innovate, to um, you know, engage in different ways. And it's, it, it's a, an incredible learning experience. And, and I would totally um agree with saying that you learn more from mistakes and from failures than you do from from when you uh, actually succeed because uh you know you say oh i succeeded all right off to the next thing you don't really bother to to sit and analyze whereas if you've uh you know failed at doing something then you, you really delve into what was what was the root cause of this and what were the subsequent second and third or order effects of, of that and then you're able to really internalize it and build upon uh, you know, the rubble of that experience, essentially. No, I love that. Um, I think that's a really good point. I wanted to draw a little bit into that from kind of one of my own, like you test yourself piece. I don't know if you remember uh, in the Cabbage Career Course, that little combatives tournament we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still do this. This weighs with me because I, I, I grew up rolling. I love to fight. Uh, I did quite a bit in college and into the military in my first few years. And then getting to that fun little combatives tournament, like what really, and it still sits with me as a lesson, right? Like, and like we're saying, like test yourself doesn't have to be special forces selection. It can be anything where you just put yourself into a position where you can fail, you can be beaten, you can lose, like you push yourself ahead of it. And so yeah, I, I rolled through the combatives tournament. I think it was like five matches to get to the finals and I get to the finals and I get, tapped out in a standing cross collar by some jabroni that should not have even been like i don't know how the dude made the finals but like i i should have wiped the floor with him and i was so tired and so out of shape like it just was i was woefully unprepared physically to go through that many fights in that day that i lost and i lost in an embarrassing way i mean i think i and he hung in there like i just could not finish him for two because i was just slow and tired and then the dude tapped me out in an ultra embarrassing way ultra embarrassing like no like white belt jujitsu anybody should have gotten tapped out the way that i got i got tapped out and it was just because i was so unprepared and it was i still look back on that because it's like you're there's you know, a hundred of your peers watching you get tapped out in round three of a guy that is just wandering around the mat. Like just, I can't, and I, uh, dude, to this day, it still pisses me off 
and I lost that damn thing. I think we're talking about Callan twice, probably because we have a call with him after this. But Callan said to you, he's like, hey, bro, you took it to the finals. Like, you got to finish it, dude. Like, you <laughs> you got to finish it. And I, I still love that thing from Callan because he, he just pointed out, like, dude, you went all the way to the end and then you, you've you collapsed. Like, it was weak. It was soft. And, and that is a – it's just one of those things. Like, it's not a big deal. It was a small little event inside of our captain's career course class. But it stuck with me, and, and that's one of those things where – I actually just had the same scenario again in this last weekend, which pisses me off to no end. I played in the Pond Hockey Classic, outdoor Pond Hockey Classic in, in Sun Valley. And it was just awesome. Had a great team. We ended up like pulling it out, barely making the playoffs, went all the way to the finals. And then we fucking lost in the finals because we're smoked. Like I was in yeah. survival mode, man. Like I hadn't played eight hours of hockey since I was 24 years old, but still like it just, irritates me to no end to to go through those tests and get to that point and realize that you are not prepared like you're not ready you're not there and it is a check to the ego which i think is so incredibly important if you haven't had your ego checked by a peer and i think some of the best people i've ever worked with at times have looked at me and been like rob check your ego get off your fucking soapbox and understand what you're doing here. And, and those are my best, those are the people I respect to know in where they look at you and they go, dude, just shut your mouth, which has always been one of my biggest problems. Um, <laughs> at times you've been one of those guys and I love that. But it's find a way to test yourself that is either driven by your peers or like you said, through that external piece. Like these yeah. small events that that really help you rein in who you are and, and take a look at who you are through a lens at that moment. Because I think for me at times you judge yourself at where you've been in the past and you still hold that view until it's turned the can like the mirrors put in front of you from an outside source being like, Hey, you're not where you think you are. Uh, and so it's really important to find out where you're at. And that in the same moment that gives you a lens to grow from and a path to be like, okay, it's time to get back outside this comfort zone. It's time to get moving in the right direction and then come back and I'm going to push myself again and see where I'm at, you know, once yeah. I've, I've kind of built in and executed a new plan of action. Well, what you got there out of those two instances with the combatives and with the hockey game are two mechanisms. You, you, you draw out of those experiences two mechanisms uh, that wind up enabling you to generate self-motivation, internal motivation later on because you're able to draw on that experience, remember it, have it pissed you off and then motivate you to push through in an instant when you're when you're confronting a challenge. And I think that's something that a lot of people are missing out on and could use is you know by not challenging yourself and not dare, daring to fail, uh, daring to uh, try to cross that chasm of failure. You know maybe you'll fall in. And but if you if you have that, then you you've got something to draw upon in the future to say, hey, never again. And now I'm going to make it through this because I've got that experience to draw upon. I know what needs to be done in order to get to the other side, and I'm gonna use that to be successful. And so I think that you, what you wind up coming away with, despite the loss in the hockey game, despite the loss in the uh, on the mat, is you've got something to push you through on probably more important things later on in life to say, you know what, I'm not gonna let this happen again, and I'm gonna be a success no matter what. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's tough. 
Like it is, it is a hard thing to, and I, and this comes, we always roll back to playing, I think playing team sports. Um, and I'm a, I, there's always a touch and go on, you know, the, the physical impact of playing contact sports when you're younger. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think playing team sports and playing contact sports is incredibly important to really at times find out where you exist on the pecking order. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, and it's uh, learning how to lose, I think is a much more important skill, uh, and how to take a loss and grow from it, uh, is an incredibly important skill at a young age. But I find that where we're at now in society, I think a lot of that has kind of been pushed away. Uh, yeah, you need diversity in your existence. You, you need have to be to. able to have, you know, when you're younger, getting, you know, hit on the, the playing field is a low level uh, amount of adversity. And then when you get yourself back up off the ground and you go back into the play, you've overcome that level of adversity. Now it's time to take it up a notch. And all right, what can I take on next? What more adversity can I handle and then be successful despite that? And so, I, I yeah, I totally agree. There's so many uh, today who are not, uh, able to put themselves in a position where they can deal with adversity, nor do they want to even address it. Uh, they want to live that comfortable existence, and and then they just they stymie themselves in in their ability to progress uh, in society and in career in in so many aspects. Yeah, you have to you have to challenge your own paradigms, and you have to put yourself out there to 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 lose. You have to put yourself out there, not to, to risk losing. I should say, you don't put yourself out there to ever lose, but you put yourself out there to risk losing. You put yourself Mm -hmm. out there to, to be evaluated against where you think you are and against your peers, because it's important. And like you said, like there are too many people in the upcoming generations where they're not even willing to put their uh, opinions up to a challenge, right? They're Mm -hmm. not willing to even listen to something else. And, and it has to be this, this drive forward. You have to test yourself mentally. You have to test yourself physically. You have to test your paradigms as a leader. You have to test your opinions. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and be tested uh, to see what comes back because it's the only way you grow. It's the only way you go forward. And as a leader, uh, being willing to test yourself and put yourself out there is inspiring. And I, I think there's a lot of humility that comes with that too that people respect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, certainly you want to get some practice at uh, trying new things and, and being in a uh, an environment where, uh, you know, it is relatively safe to fail um, and, and practice things. And that's why it's good to be on those team sports, because you get practice before the game. Uh, and, you know, when you're on a, in a unit in the military, for instance, you have opportunities to train before going to combat. So, you know, you need to set yourself up for success in that way too, to uh, present yourself with a, uh, a dynamic where you're allowed to do that. And that way you get to, uh, you get to experiment, you feel free to experiment. And then you're able to learn new things about yourself, about your unit, about, you know, those around you as well. So you're telling me base jumping, not the time to learn to skydive. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and what's the value in achieving anything if if you're not willing to to lose something? You know, there's yeah, there's well. value. I agree, and I think so. This is this is kind of I think this is a good way to kind of roll this up. I have a question. Like, so to me, I've never lost respect for a leader that put themselves out there, 
and like put themselves into the mix, like say from everything from just being, you know, the, the old school mandatory fun and, and competitive piece. But I've never lost respect for a leader that put themselves out there, tried their best and did it. I never expected them to be the absolute best of what they do, but I expected them to meet the standard. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but we understand there's there's a piece to it. But I always lost respect for leaders that were so worried about losing their standing or not performing to the level that they would intentionally pull themselves out of the way just because they didn't want to be shown up. They didn't want to be there. And I always lost a lot of respect for those leaders rather than the ones that would put their name in the hat and go at it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and those are the same sorts that are afraid to take risk. And when you are a leader, you, it's inherent. You need to take risk in order to get to the next step of anything. You just need to know how to mitigate it. And so if you don't know how to mitigate it, um, you know, that's one of those key aspects of being a leader. You need to be able to analyze. You need to be able to, to figure out you know, what are the next steps to, to achieve success. Um, and so you may not achieve it this time, but you, you know that you have the ability to learn and then you can make it the next time. So uh, you need to be able to put yourself out there, take that risk. And without that, uh, that trait, that, that, that skill, uh, you're, you're really at a deficit as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good way to, to roll it up because it is important to understand that respect comes with, you know, like respect comes when you put yourself out there, I think. Everyone wants to be the best. Not everybody is. And at times, even the best fail. Dude, I, I got to make a comment to you. Your hair is phenomenal today. Like you oh, have like winter beanie hair, man. What is going on over there, man? You got like this solid just right up on the side. That's that solid. is a righteous cowlick going on. <laughs> it's a righteous cowlick, bro. A righteous cowlick. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I think. I think we've kind of run through test yourself pretty well. I'll be interested. I know this is something we're going to come back to uh, with almost everyone we talk to because I don't think there's a person out there that hasn't had a challenge or a moment that one knocked them down a peg. So they had to look at how to how to readdress it uh, and how to grow. And then two those moments that they've had where it gave them that confidence because they made it through something that either they didn't expect they were going to or, or they just a lot of people don't. And that confidence will then take them to that next level. So I, I'm sure we'll come back to this topic. I think it's really good. Uh, again, awesome conversation. Miss having Chris on this one, but we'll always circle back. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to turn it back over to you for closing comments, brother, and then we'll we'll round this guy out. Yeah, also a, a key aspect of what you just brought up is, you know, everybody's had an experience uh, that they can draw upon. Key to that is not suppressing those memories. You need to be able to, to bring it up to internally motivate you, even if it was negative. Uh, to, to make it a positive in the future. Take what's you know, negative energy, turn it into positive energy. Uh, and that's uh, something I've, I've been able to do quite a bit. So, yeah. Hell yeah. So if you like this, uh, if you like this show, if you like this episode, please share it. Uh, we're on all the platforms out there. So please share it. Please, please, please. Uh, and then subscribe and follow. Uh, and then tune again next week. I think next week is that our is that next week is the last week in January. Are we doing our first long form conversation? And we're going to bring in uh, some new guests. I think we're going to do some alumni from our from a from our classes, and then uh, take the conversation from there. So we'll see how our first long form conversation goes next week. But thank you for tuning in, and uh, this has been another episode of Without Equal Podcast. Well, cheers. <laughs>